I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so today I'm going to continue um, with a series I started on color pairs. So last time I did um, uh, blue-white, or white-blue. So this time I'm going to go to the next color pair in order, blue-black. Okay, so what I'm doing with this series is I'm explaining the two colors and how they relate to each other. What they have in common, what they have, you know, what they don't like about each other, um, and sort of explain the relationship between them. Um, I'm not specifically explaining the guild, although a lot of what the guild is comes up from what I'm talking about. Um, so when I, if I occasionally use the term Demir, I just mean to represent blue and black. Um, note that the guilds specifically are not 100% the overlap between the colors. There are a particular interpretation on the colors. The, the most obvious one, usually, but... Um, okay, so blue and black. So to understand blue and black and how they interrelate, let's talk a little bit about blue and a little bit about black. So blue is the color that seeks perfection through knowledge. So blue, blue believes that anybody can be anything, and the whole point of life is to figure out what you want to be and become it. Uh, blue believes that what you need to become something is just the knowledge and the training, you know, the experience, that anybody can become anything. Um, and because of that, blue highly, highly values knowledge because if you want to become the best, you have to understand what the best is. That part of being able to seek perfection is understanding what the perfection is. Black, on the other hand, black seeks power and seeks it through opportunity. Black believes that the role of life, the goal of life, is to be able to do whatever you want to do um, because you have the power to do it. And black believes the way you get there is by taking opportunities. And what black believes is that what separates the strong from the weak is the strong are willing to take advantage of whatever opportunity they can. There's no off-limits to black. Uh, and a lot of the stuff that black uses, other colors sort of shun away from, that it's, that's wrong. And black is like, oh, you know, your taboos just make it easier for me, that I'm willing to do whatever I need to do, and I have no qualms. There's nothing stopping me from doing the things I want to do. Okay, so what happens when the perfection of blue gets together with the power seeking of black? And the answer is that each one, I mean, they're allies, so each one sees within the other one uh, a common bond. So blue seeks to, to, be, to be the best it can be. Black seeks to have power. Well, there's an overlap there. That blue is seeking out, you know, blue, blue does very much, blue thinks information is important because to blue, information is the key to um, perfection. Black also feels information is important because information can be the key to power. So both blue and black very much make use of information. Um, blue is a little more blue's area than black, but black definitely understands the value of information, and that um, black looks at any tool and sees the value of how the tool can be used. Um, blue also understands that black is, in its own way, trying to seek a kind of perfection. Um, blue looks at black and thinks that black is a little, um, a little tilted in the direction it's going, meaning sometimes perfection doesn't require power, but blue looks at black and goes, okay, black is trying to perfect itself in its own way. It's kind of self-restricting itself, you know, 
that Black only seems to want power, and there's other ways to perfect yourself other than power, but Blue can get... Blue understands why you might want to seek out power. Um, Blue does get that. Um, so when Blue and Black get together, um, both of them definitely understand the value of secrets. They understand the value of um, not always being straightforward what you're up to. Um, like the Demir Guild, obviously, in Ravnica, is all about subterfuge. It's all about, you know, they don't want people to understand what they're up to. Um, for example, like in, in, in Ravnica, um, one of the big things was the public-facing Demir is that Demir was a guild that once, once long ago used to do some stuff and it's kind of fallen apart and it's just a shell of its former self. Um, a lot of people falsely believe the Demir guild, no one thought it existed. They knew it existed, but people believed it was kind of, you know, it's the weakest of the ten guilds. It was a guild that way back in the day maybe did something, but kind of has really fallen on hard times. And that's, that's the image the Demir want. The Demir want them to be underestimated. No one, the Demir doesn't want people to think of them as being the sneaky underhanded guild, because it's hard to be sneaky and underhanded if people think you're sneaky and underhanded. Um, so Demir definitely sort of downplays a lot of its, its attitudes. Anyway, um, my point though is, is that both of them understand the value of being careful about who knows what. And, uh, both of them are fine with misleading information. You know, both of them see knowledge as a weapon. And that sometimes the way you fight with knowledge is you make the opponent or the, the other people, um, have the wrong knowledge or get false assumptions or learn something that's not true. That knowledge can be used to guide and control people. Um, and both blue and black understand that. Okay, so let's, well, okay, um, yeah, let's talk about the mechanics. Let's get to what, what, where are blue and black overlap mechanics. And, and of all the ally colors, blue and black are the least overlapped. Designing blue-black cards, especially in hybrid, where they have to overlap in what they do, it's really, really hard in blue-black. In fact, um, the other hard color used to be blue-red, but we've done a bunch of things in the last couple years to add a few things to overlap blue-red. So black-blue might actually be the hard, not just ally, but the hardest to overlap of any of the color combinations. Okay, so let's talk about what they do do. So number one is this focus on the mental. Um, both black and blue understand the value uh, that the mind brings to the puzzle. So, um, for starters, both of them understand that sometimes attacking the mind is how you do it. Um, now, blue and black... The way it works is blue and black attack the mind a little bit differently, but each one of them has access to the other means of attack. So blue mills. What that means is blue is like, if you forget the information, then you're not going to be able to use it against me. Black is like, if I surgically remove it with magic, if I pluck it out of your head, then you're not going to be able to use it against me. So blue make, makes use of milling, uh, and black makes use of discard. Also, one could argue that blue also uses counterspells, which in some ways is also making you kind of um, not be able to cast your spells. So blue both sort of makes you forget your spells and has learned magic to stop your spells, where black, uh, it has learned the most efficient way is just make you, for, make you forget them, but more aggressively. Blue is kind of like, whoa, you know, I'm slowly forgetting things, and black is like, no, I go in and I pluck out the exact thing I need. So, let's walk through those mechanics. So, milling is primary in blue, uh, secondary in black, or, I mean, black does it from time to time. Um, normal sets, you most often see black doing milling 
in sets where milling matters, like uh, in a graveyard set or something where milling uh, is key, we'll start we up a little bit and give black more access to milling. Um, normally in a default set, blue mills and black doesn't tend to mill. Um, now black, what black tends to do is goes discard, right? It goes after the brain. Um, and this is another example of black doing something that most colors think is kind of, kind of wrong. Like black is like, well, if I'm fighting you and the things that are hurting me are spells that are in your head. And if I take them out of your head before you cast them, they can't hurt me. Sounds good to me. And everyone else is like, well, you're messing with their brain. Black's like, I don't know. Does it work? Yeah, it works. Um, so, blue, for example, notice that blue is a little... Blue is willing to counter things you throw at it. Blue will make you forget through milling. But blue isn't quite as uh, aggressive as black. Now, not only will black, by the way, do discard. Um, and I should mention, blue does have kind of backwards discard. Blue has what we call filtering. So, filtering is target player draws some number of cards and discards some number of cards. Um, so... Uh, there's definitely times where blue will use its uh, targeted um, filtering as a means to make people discard stuff. Um, usually, I mean, and, and blue has a little bit of history of discard. Blue's like tertiary in discard. Um, it doesn't do it very often, but there's, there's a little bit of blue. Usually blue does counterspell rather than discard, but they're, they're definitely playing in similar space. Um, the other thing that black does, that blue does a little tiny bit, is what uh, we call lobotomies in R&D, uh, or e- extracting, uh, whereas when you go into your opponent's library and remove threats. Um, now, what happened is black used to permanently remove them exile, and blue would go steal them, um, but the, the, the stealing was so brutal that we we sort of backed off on it, that we didn't like the idea of, don't play the big things, your opponent will just go in your deck and take them. Um, uh, bribery and such. So, but anyway, blue and black definitely play in the space of messing with the mind. Now, similarly, on a more positive end, you get to tutoring, where blue and black both can tutor. Uh, black traditionally tutors for anything. Blue, blue sometimes can tutor for anything. More often than not, it's tutoring for spells or for instants and sorceries. Um, the demir mechanic the first time out, Transmute, was clearly um, playing into tutoring space. Biggest problem is R&D is just not super fond of doing lots of tutoring because it lessens the variance of a game. That if you always get a tutor, the games just keep playing the same because you keep getting the same cards. Um, and then Cypher was us playing around in similar space of trying to... Um, so, another aspect of blue-black is the idea of evasion. The blue-black is sneaky. The blue-black are the colors that try to, um, you know... They're the, for example, blue has unblockability, it has flying, it has island walk. Um, it has a bunch of different ways to sneak by. Black doesn't have quite as many. Obviously, it has flying, uh, and it has um, intimidate. Uh, so, I mean, blue and black definitely want means to sort of sneak by. Um, the uh, cipher, which was the Return to Ravnica Demir mechanic... Um, or I was saying Gatecrash, but Return of Ravnica Block, um, uh, tied in a little bit into the idea of um, blue and black are definitely two colors that like um, what we call uh, saboteur effects. So what saboteur effects are, when I hit you, I get to do something. And so one of the overlapping blue-black are, is a creature type called rogues. And rogues are kind of the thieves and the underhanded ones of the magic universe. 
um, rogues are the ones that do what they got to do, you know, and that uh, rogues are blue and black, and that rogues often will do saboteur things. Um, ninjas, for example, which are essentially rogues in a, you know, a more narrow sense, um, also had ninjutsu, which likewise was a, a mechanic that had to kind of do, like, I attack, you misunderstand what I am, boom, and I, I, I turn out to be something other than what you think I am, and I hit you for more. Uh, and most of the ninjas had saboteur effects. Um, so, um, and, and the, uh, the, what the saboteur effects are vary between blue and black, but there are two colors that have the most saboteur effects. Um, so also, um, blue and black, because they, they care about knowledge, are also the two colors that, well, two of the three colors that do a lot of card drawing. Green also does card drawing. Um, but blue and black do, green's card drawing is tied to creatures usually. Blue and black just do straight up draw cards. The difference is, blue is focused on knowledge as being its key thing, so its card drawing is just one of its major things. Black's card drawing comes at a cost, because in order to diversify and do more things, black has realized that to get the things you want, sometimes you need to pay the cost. And so black only draws cards through some payment. Usually it's life payment, sometimes it's sacrifice, um, but blue and black both do card drawing. Um, also, blue and black also do um, shrinking of power. The difference is blue tends to do minus N, minus zero, where black tends to do minus N, I'll say minus N, it doesn't always have to be exactly the same, but uh, black will also, while black is um, lowering power, it often, often lowers toughness as well. Where blue only will lower the power, it won't lower the toughness. Blue, one of blue's weaknesses is blue is not very good at killing. Blue can counter things, it can bounce things, it can steal things, it can lock things down, but it doesn't really kill them. Where black, black has no qualms with killing things. Black's the number one creature kill color. So it's interesting that one of the differences between black and blue is black is number one in creature kill, and blue is number five in creature kill. One is the first, one is the last. Um... There are a few other minor things where blue and black overlap. Um, for example, blue and black are the two colors that will most often look at the opponent's hand. Now, why they're looking at the opponent's hand is very different. Blue does it to seek out knowledge. Blue's trying to see, blue has peak effects where it's just looking so it can learn from it. Black only looks um, because it has discard effects, and sometimes it gets to go in your brain and pick the thing it wants. So black often will actively go after particular spells, where blue sort of just aware of what you have and then can counter them. Okay, so there's where blue and black are alike. So let's talk a little bit about how blue and black are different. How do blue and black differ from each other? So the way to do this, I always say, is take the allies of each color, look at the other ally, and then see the conflict between that, their, their, other, their other allies. So blue's other ally, other than black, is white. Black's ally, other than um, blue, is red. So what is the white-red conflict? The white-red conflict is order versus chaos. Is the fact that white believes that things need to be structured, that there needs to be rules in place, that, that, that people, if left to their own devices, will just create chaos. Red believes in freedom. Red believes that people should be able to do what they want to do and shouldn't be tied down and restricted. So, you know, white looks at red and sees anarchy. Red looks at white and sees fascism. Um... So the, the conflict there is how much control you need over things. And that um, blue and black definitely share that. That blue wants control, but blue very much wants control um, through a more structured order. Black understands the value of, of letting things... I mean, blue is the one who, who will team up with white and make a very orderly, lawful world. 
where black will team up with red and make a very chaotic... Uh, so, in D&D terms, interesting, um, uh, there is two spectrums. So there is uh, lawful and chaotic, and the other spectrum is good and, and evil. And so, um, white-blue um, often will be lawful good, which means they believe in having the law, and they believe in, um, you know, they'll, they'll uphold the law, but they will, um, they're trying to do good, but they're also, you know, they're both lawful and uh, trying to do good. Um, or black-red is pretty chaotic evil. It's like, we are not trying to be lawful, nor are we trying to be good. Now, you, you can, for example, lawful evil means you're doing evil things, but within the context of a law. And chaotic good means that you're trying to do good, but you're um, not following the law. So, for example, red-white, which is Boros, um, red-white is chaotic good. It is trying to do good. It wants to do good. You see a lot of vigilantes showing up in red-white because they're trying to do good, but you know what? The system doesn't work for them. They have to break the system. Um, where lawful evil, for example, um, uh, probably, I mean, white-black white, is a good example of, of lawful evil. Um, the Orzov. The Orzov want to work within the law. To them, the law can be a weapon. Uh, and that, uh, in some ways, there, sometimes, uh, you can argue Azori sometimes is lawful evil, but uh, it's usually that you're using the law and structure. I mean, definitely Orzov uses structure as a weapon to punish the people that it wants to punish. Um, anyway, so the difference here is white-blue leans more toward lawful good and black-red leans more toward chaotic evil. So, the idea is blue wants the change that it wants. It's trying to seek out perfection, but it doesn't want to do it at the cost of the world. You know, that... Um, Blue does understand... I mean, blue. not that blue can't be selfish because it's allies with black and it has its selfish times, but blue kind of understands the need for some set of structure to, to reach the thing it needs. And black, while black will use structure if it needs it, doesn't, feel, doesn't quite see the value of it. That what black realizes is there are lots of creatures willing to act. Um, like, black looks at um, emotion... Blue, for example, is all about, you know, the blue-red blue, blue conflict is about emotion versus intellect. Uh, and the white-black conflict is about the community versus the, the individual. So what happens is, as you get to the colors, black understands the value of emotion, blue understands the value of community, and you start pulling on the edges. And that, on the, on the, so, so it's, um, actually, it's a little more complex, I guess. Uh, so clearly the, the white-red conflict exists between blue and black, but also the blue-red and the white-black conflict, each one skewing the other way. So blue and black, blue really wants to do what it wants to do, but it is not trying to create chaos in the process. Blue does not see value in... Blue is like, I want to protect myself, so I'm focused on myself. I will do what's right for me. And sometimes helping yourself is helping the community around you. Blue understands that sometimes the way that I thrive is by have, helping others thrive. Where red, sorry, not red, black is like, I'm going to do what I need to do. If the, if the emotional needs of others can be manipulated by me, more to me. I don't care if the world burns around me as long as I'm getting the things I need. Um, and so blue and black definitely have a conflict there where blue... Blue says, I want to reach perfection, and I understand some of the tools that black will use, but blue doesn't always agree with black using those tools. And black looks at blue and goes, hey, I, 
Blue, Blue has the idea of some of the tools how to get power, but man, Blue is not really completely focused on power. Blue will often just try to make itself better for what? For, you know, for what, why? Well, you know, if it's not going to help you, if, if changing is not helping you get more power, what's the point of changing? And so black and blue, where they differ is they don't quite 100% understand the other, the other one is up to. Um, and mostly, this is true of all the colors, by the way, most of the colors don't completely understand the other colors because the other colors prioritize things that those colors just don't prioritize. Um, you know, it's funny that a lot of the conflicts in the color pie in general are just things that are diametrically opposed and trying to understand like, why, you know, that's why the enemy pairs, at least, is this, they're fundamentally at odds. Now, when you get to allies, the reason they disagree is just there's subtleties of what the difference is between them. Okay, so now that we've talked about sort of what Bloom does mechanically and sort of where they agree and disagree, um, let me talk a bit about designing for Blue and Black. So, so as I mentioned earlier, Blue and Black by far, by far, by far, by far, by far, is probably the hardest color combination to design for, especially when you're doing overlap. So, for example, hybrid. When you're doing a hybrid um, spell, um, it can be cast by either color, so you have to be doing spells that can work for either color, and that that is like pulling teeth in blue-black. In fact, one of the limitations for how much hybrid we can do is how many blue-black spells can we make. That is the biggest limitation for hybrid. Now, when you're doing gold spells, um, you, what you'll find is blue and black actually blend interestingly. They don't overlap well, but they, they blend interestingly because they do a lot of neat things. Um, for example, one of my favorite uh, spells of all time is blue-black, uh, multicolor spells, called Recoil. So Recoil was an invasion. Um, so Recoil is a perfect example of getting two colors to mix together to do something neither color can do individually, but together by using the abilities they can, which is kind of a cool multicolor card. So what Recoil is, is, I think it's one blue and a black. Um, I believe it's three mana. Uh, so it's unsummon target permanent, or, you know, return target permanent to its owner's hand, and then that player must discard a card. So the cool thing about this spell is um, blue cannot destroy anything. Black can destroy creatures and destroy lands. And planeswalkers. Sorry. Can destroy lands, creatures, and planeswalkers. It cannot destroy artifacts. It cannot destroy enchantments. Um... But if there happens to be an enchantment or an artifact in play and your opponent does not have any cards in their hand, which might be the result of black making the discard cards, if you cast Recoil, they pick it up, and that, since that's the only card they have, they must discard it. And so if your opponent has an empty hand, Recoil becomes a destroyed target permanent, which is not something blue-black normally gets. But it's using two abilities, in fact, two iconic abilities, of one of blue, one of black, that when combined does something pretty interesting. Um, now that card probably is too cheap. I keep talking about, uh, about development of bringing it back and just it's a little too good. Um, but I like the, I mean, that's more of a development issue, but I like the design of it in that um, blue and black are pretty interesting. So the, when we were designing blue-black for Ravnica and Return of Ravnica, the shtick of blue-black when you play them together in a deck is that they tend to win. The way I used to describe it is when a blue-black deck beats you, at the end of the game, you're like, how did I lose that? Because what, like, what happens is blue and black keeps getting 
incremental advantage on you, but in a way that in the moment, none of the, none of the incremental advantage seems that big. You know, just I mean, incremental, obviously. It's sort of like, oh, well, they, they kept getting, they kept nibbling me and having small things, but how exactly did I lose? And that, the thing I like is blue and black is the tricky color combination, and part of the tricky is they, they manage to um, slowly grind out through card advantage and through just uh, a little bit of tempo sometimes, and that, you know, before you know what's going on, they've managed to put you at a disadvantage, but you don't quite understand why or how. And that is the strength when blue and black get together, is that um, because, I mean, in some ways, blue and black are the colors that have spent the most time understanding the nature of magic itself. Because um, discard and counterspell are interesting when you look at it. Um, every other color says, well, you're going to cast your spells, and then I'll deal with it. You know, I mean, there's a little bit of land destruction, I guess. I, I guess that was a preemptive thing for red and green at some point. But blue and black right now, blue is like, I have to understand the nature of how you're going to function. So when you cast a spell, if I, if I know it's a spell that's going to be dam- da- damaging to me, I will stop it. And black is like, I'll go in your hand and I'll just rip it out. That's the problem, I'll rip it out. Um, and so blue and black definitely are the two colors that have spent some time and energy understanding the way magic works. And a lot of their strategy of their spells deals with interacting with that. Likewise, are the colors, like I said, that, that do tutoring. So they're the colors that also can find ways to maximize how magic gets used. You know, that they can speed up. Um, the, I need a certain spell. How can I make that happen? Oh, well, there's some tools to, ma- to be able to do that. Um, I mean, the, the thing that's fun about blue-black is that um, I think that you look at some other color combinations, and what they're doing is a little more blunt um, the blue and black has this nice synergy, but it's a synergy that that comes. That it's a very subtle synergy, and that, that's kind of what. It, one of the things that's really interesting when you do design uh, is that there's certain things that are true in the color pie that you don't think are actively in the game until you start messing around with them, and you're like, "Oh, wow! Blue and black when you mix together actually act philosophically like blue and black. They're subtle in what they're up to. They're sneaky." You know, they, they, they try to beat you without you being aware of what's going on. You know, where you take something like um, red-green, and like, they're not remotely subtle. Those aren't subtle colors. They're just doing their thing. And gruel's a cool color, but it's just not about subtlety. And it's kind of neat that the colors that are more about subtlety actually have subtle gameplay, and the colors that aren't about subtlety have a much less subtle gameplay. Um, that's one of the things I... I mean, I obviously love the color pot. If, if you can't... Don't tell my wife, but... I've been having a love affair with the color pie for 20 years, 21 years. Um, and it, it, the thing that is really, really cool is that the color pie does such a great job of both being the, the center of the color, of the flavor, and being the center of the mechanics. Um, and that's one of the things that I think magic does so well, is that um, it's all woven together. That the mechanics and the flavor aren't separate from each other. That the mechanics are just as flavorful as the flavor of the game itself. Um, and blue-black, like I said, the thing um, that is really, really neat about blue-black for me is the feel of them when you play them together really captures the essence of what the two clans are. Um, not, not two, two colors, sorry. So I'm trying to think anything else. i to work. Um, I think that, the, finally, when you talk, when we talk um, philosophically, 
um, that blue and black also have a lot of, um, I think they're the ones that, uh, have the most, uh, the easiest ability to, um, put aside the, I mean, blue has the ability to intellectually sort of remove emotion from the picture because it goes, okay, I'm not going to let emotion cloud my judgment. I'm solely going to think intellectually. Um, and black has this ability to say, I'm going to think about what's right and not think about the morality of it. I'm not, I, I have no morality issues. No, there's nothing that can't be done. Um, so when you definitely mix those together, it, it, it is, blue-black com- combining is, is, has one of the greatest potentials for, uh, for uh, uh, malevolent behavior, let's say. Um, because blue can detach emotionally and black can detach morally. So when you have somebody who's not driven by morals or by, uh, by emotion, um, yeah, black blue definitely has the ability to, to be sociopathic, if you will, um, and sort of just do what needs to get done without consequence of what, what it means. That definitely has a very strong essence of blue-black to it. Um, on the flip side, uh, I, I do believe that blue and black are definitely the colors that kind of um, are the most free willish, if you will. Um, gr- no, their shared enemy is green, and green is all about determination. Green is about destiny. Green is about you are the way you are. And that blue and black definitely fight against that because blue believes that you can become anything you want to believe, and black really believes in free will, that people are free to do whatever they're able to do. Um, and you put those together, um, I mean, the dark side of blue-black is kind of the sociopath and the the super sneaky rogue. Um, the positive part of blue black is the idea of the person that says, I'm going to carve my own future. I, the power to decide who I am and what I'm going to do is up to me. You know, that nobody can tell me who I am or what I must do. You know, there's no role pre-written for me that I have the ability to craft, uh, my own character, to craft my own destiny, to, to choose what I want to be. And that's very blue-black, too. And one of the things that people love to get into is the idea that something's inherently good, inherently bad. And every color has an ability for both. So blue-black can be, you know, the sociopathic rogue, or it can be um, the person really trying to carve out their place in the world. And both those images are both really blue-black. So anyway, uh, the plan is I'm going to be doing these podcasts every once in a while. Um, next up will be Black Red. Um, I gave a little, little tease of it today while I was talking about it, but uh, next time we'll be talking about Black Red. Um, the plan, by the way, is I'm going to go through all the ally colors in Wooburg Order, and then I'll do the enemies in Wooburg Order. So after Black Red, it'll be red-green, then green-white, and then I get to the enemy colors, which will be white-black, blue-red, um, black-green, red-white, and green-blue. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying these. Uh, one thing I always want to end up with is, I say this all the time in my column, but I don't always say it in my podcast, which is, I really enjoy feedback. Um, the podcasts are ahead by a bit. I'm, I'm ahead by seven, eight weeks, I think. So um, it might take a while for your feedback to hit me so that I can react to it. But very, very much, uh, I care what you guys are saying, so I want to hear feedback. Uh, hopefully this series, I've, you guys haven't even heard of the blue-white one yet, so I, I do not know. Um, I'm anticipating you like this series, but I, I would love to have any feedback. So... Anyway, I've now parked my car, which means that this is the end of my drive to work. And I have to go be making magic. 
So thanks for listening, guys. And I'll talk to you next time.